take over doubt, we gon' make it Show the world that I shine in our greatness Keep it real, never gon' fake this Till we make it, till we make it Taking off, flying high like a spaceship Take control, take a shot with your All right, welcome real. back everybody, this is Danny I am the host of Shake the Earth Podcast And uh, if you are loving what you're hearing Be sure to leave us a review uh, on this episode today, I've got a good friend, Gloria Conde. How are you? Fine, thank you. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for coming on to the show. This is kind of like a we were we were working together yes. at Wink Naturals, and I was like, you know what, I want to have you on the show, and you agreed. You were kind of nervous a little bit. It's an honor to be. Oh, I appreciate that. Here at Shake the Earth. Thank you, Gloria is is a friend. I've I've known Gloria for a little while. She actually works. Uh, at Wink Naturals is one of our sellers and she's got a fascinating story and it's one that actually I am very very partial to because both my parents are Hispanic Latino culture nationality my mom is Peruvian my dad is Mexican and you are my hermana yeah and uh, we were talking before the podcast about how, why is it that there's like a, a, always a surge of those in the Latin culture looking for opportunity and, and really the, the, the extent and the, the lengths that they go to for finding opportunities. And you were sharing your story. I'm like, holy smokes, this lines up with what I've seen over and over again, over again. So I want you to share your story, um, for those listening to the podcast. Wow. Okay, so tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, your story. I'm Gloria Conde. I'm 28 years old. You're young. Yes. <laughs> I'm from Chowchilla, California. Well, I live right now in Chowchilla, California, but born and raised in Turlock, California. Okay. My parents came from Mexico. They're both from Durango, Durango, Mexico. Now, is that in, is that central Mexico? That's right in the center of this, the country okay. of Mexico. Okay. So you have Chihuahua and then you have Durango. Okay. So it's in, in the middle of Zacateca, Sinaloa, Sonora, okay. Chihuahua, all that. So. And they came into the States. How old were your parents when they came to the States? My dad, he was around 15, 14, 15. Okay. His dad left the family and he had a put the pantalones, pants. He had to put his pants on. And be a man. And I'm gonna be providing translation, so if you need okay. to go into Spanish mode, you can do that. So he had to, he was forced really quickly at like 14 or 15 years old to like take care of the family because yeah. his, his dad, your grandpa, who yeah. you didn't know, left the family. Yeah. Okay. And so there were, I wanna say seven, eight uncles, aunts. So he had to provide. So he, there was like seven siblings in that yeah, family yeah. that he was taking care of. Yeah. So what drove him, your, your dad, initially to come to the States? Because there was no future. They didn't have a future. Or he came to the States or they suffer, they, they starve. Yeah. So he came into the States on a work school permit. Yeah. permit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then he was later, he became a U.S. citizen. Yes. Okay. What about your mom? My mom came as a with a visa for visitors visa. Okay. And then he, she stayed and got her residence. And then after years with her residence, she became a U.S. citizen. And you and before the podcast, you said you remember your mom going with your mom to take the yeah. tests and like she the, went to go take her test, 
And I remember I was probably four or five years old waiting for her outside in the heat of California with my little brother. He was baby. Because your mom was taking the test. Because my mom was taking the test. And she didn't have anywhere to take you, so you had to go with her. Yeah. That was crazy. How old was your mom when she came over? 20, 21. So she was older, a little bit older. Yeah, she was a little older. She she had a better life in Durango. Her parents were ganaderos where they had cows and land. So kind of ranchers, the equivalent yeah, of ranchers up yeah. here. Okay. She had a better life than what my dad had. What drew her to the States? Just more looking for opportunities? She well, she just came to visit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She, so she just, just came, came to, to visit. visit. Okay. So she liked it and she stayed and she fixed her papers to be legally here. So that's what drove her here. So before we were talking, your dad worked really hard. Yes. He ended up kind of assuming a business that was already existing. Yes. And ran it for several years. Yes. Successfully. Successfully. It was kind of a quasi construction slash maintenance company that would do repairs on big commercial buildings. Right. The vacuum gravel. Okay. And um, and then I, I before you go into the what happened to your dad, I want to keep talking about what we're talking. Okay. okay. So, um, so you you grew up here. You were born yes. here. Yes. Grew um, up here. How many siblings do you have? I have two okay. from my mom, and I have two other ones from my dad's side. Okay. They're just my dad's. Okay. But I grew up knowing them and being really close to them. When you see people coming into the States, I mean, it seems like the, it's the only thing that we're hearing in the news, like people yes, coming in, people getting, getting detained, a lot of kids getting separated from families, which I completely disagree with. Um what is your sentiment knowing that your family basically did the same thing, you know, 20 Similar. years ago, 30 years ago, maybe, maybe longer, mm-hmm. um, coming over here for, for better opportunity? Like what, what is your outlook on it? It's just, they just come for a better future. They just want a better life for their own families. And, and I understand those moms and dads that are coming for a better future for their kids. I mean, there are situations where they just can't be in their country, even though they want to, but they just can't. So if you're just joining us, this is, I've got Gloria Conde on the Shake the Earth podcast. Gloria uh, works at the company that I own and she is one of our top reps and she's in town doing some work. And just in having conversations with her, I asked her to join me on the podcast because her story is like a lot of other people right now, Yes, which is looking for opportunity. You're here in the States. What did we determine? Your second generation? Yeah. For those that don't know, my, both my parents are uh, Hispanic uh, nationality. My mom's Peruvian. My dad's Mexican. Um, And I was telling you this, my dad grew up extremely, very poor, South Texas. And uh, so you and I have a, we have a lot to relate on because I I saw my dad work his tail off with my mom. Yeah. Very hard to make themselves contributors to society here in the States, not only that, but also provide an opportunity for us as kids. I have, there's seven of us, my family, and, um, every single one of us is expected to do something great. Yes. And, uh, and I think that's very, very indicative of kind of the Latin culture, the Hispanic culture. They do not accept a no no, for an answer. No, they do not. And, uh, if not, you get a chancla, right? Yes. And so, (laughs) So I want to have Gloria on and she is reaching levels of success in her career and she's doing some amazing things. And I wanted to, uh, uh, what does opportunity mean to you? Opportunity is a big door 
where you go through and if you fall, you get up. You do not lose that one opportunity. You take advantage of all the opportunities you have. That's what I think most people are looking for. They're waiting for like this huge opportunity, but really there's a lot of small ones all around that yeah, you can take advantage of and make big deals out of. A lot of them, they're not honest with their own people. That's probably a big concern with like Hispanic yes. culture. They look at like anything here in the States is e- either it's illegal work or fraud or yeah, or fraud. <laughs> like really, I mean, there's a lot of, there, there are quite a few examples of yeah. uh, Hispanic culture being taken advantage of. And Hispanics are really, they're really honest people. They're really all loyal. You hear, all you hear in the news is like they're all drug dealers and crime oh, no. committers. That's all they're, they are. But that's, really the numbers that's are not. That's probably a 1% out of 100%. The numbers don't actually add up. No, no. They just want the opportunity. They want something to be successful of. To the point that they're willing to leave their country, their families, their anything that they had back at home. The little stuff they had, they probably just had a house or just a piece of land. They're willing to leave that for a better future for their kids, for themselves. It's incredible that so much of of what they're looking for is what we take for granted. And it's sad because you're you're leaving your roots behind. They don't know what to expect here because it's nothing alike, nothing alike of where they come from. Some people just don't take advantage, don't appreciate what they have now here yeah. in the United States. I think that's one thing that as I listen, I have my daughters listen to my dad talk about opportunity and taking advantage of the opportunity he had to work. My dad grew up extremely poor in South Texas. At the age of five, he's you know picking cotton. Um, and and working just like an adult would, working the same hours, same conditions, for you know minimal pay. He had a bunch of siblings. They all together as a family, they had to take care of each other, and so they all had to work. So he didn't get to go into school, institutional school, yeah. until he's older, you know, seven, eight years old, starting mm-hmm. school. That's a three year being behind and not having the the education. And so listening to him talk, I have I try to have my daughters listen to him talk because a lot of people don't know this, but I, I do share it occasionally. My, my dad ended up getting an, an MBA from Harvard, which if you were to look at his life path that was ahead of him was not in the cards. It was not in his future, but he made it. For him representing Mexicans to be in Harvard, that's, yeah. wow. And it says a lot about my mom because my mom was with him at the same time working double jobs and working in a, you know, in, in Boston, she had no idea what Boston was. Like she's from Peru, yeah. uh, barely didn't really didn't know any English either. And so both of them c- together made the commitment that they were going to do some pretty amazing things. And in, in their own right, they've been very successful, but, but really the takeaway for me is not that, that he got a degree from Harvard. It was more that I saw them working the so work. hard the sweat they, they dripped. Yeah. I remember my dad telling me when I was in college, I was like, I, I wanted to kind of quit because it was hard. I remember him saying, you know what? Study until you're tired of studying and then study another hour and then study one more hour and then study one more hour. And he said it like six times. I'm like, so you mean like study all, all the time? The time. He's like, yeah, just keep yeah. doing it. Yeah. There is no excuse there's no excuse. You can do anything. My if dad you work would hard. always tell me, "You don't have no other job other than go to school." That's, and that's study. funny. That must be a Hispanic thing because my dad yes. said the same thing. Because they come here for for your kids to have a better future. Yeah. You don't have to work, 
you don't have to go out and ask for money. You study and you'll get to places. Yeah. And you were you did well in high school. You said you had yes. a four point Two. above 4.2 4.2 GPA. Uh, GPA and um yeah I, I think this work ethic piece everybody I've talked to that has Hispanic workers or Mexican workers working in their business or in their field or in their yard or whatever it might be it's all this is the same thing yes. they work so hard because they want the opportunity they'll take the opportunity that most people won't yeah is no. it glamorous no no but it, it it can be if you apply it to something yeah but they don't care for glamour. They're, they're trying to take care of their families. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your dad. My dad worked really hard with, um, I don't know the name of the company, what it was before. Yeah. But I know the name of the owner that used to own the company. His name was Doug. And he, he was one of the best bosses my dad had, I could say. And he treated your family with respect, like family, and, like yeah. family. Yeah. And my dad would say stories that when I was when my mom was pregnant of me, he gave everything the stroller, the car seat, the crib, everything brand new. I didn't, I wasn't nobody for him, but he took care of my dad. And when he wanted to retire, he gifted his business to my dad. So he gave it over to your dad. He gave it away. And, and you, before the podcast, you said, you know what? We grew up here in the States. We had, we had, you had, every, you had everything you needed. Yeah, you, I your dad tell was my, running a successful business, yes. worked his tail off with your mom. Your mom owns a business now. Yeah. He, she's, it was so funny. She started in the flea markets, Ramate, yeah. selling men clothes. We would drive from California to Denver, Colorado. There was a, a big storage place where she would buy wholesale. Mm-hmm. Overalls, jackets, more like Dicky brand, but it wasn't Dicky brand, but it was that kind of material. Kind of like work, men's work material, yes. uh, work clothing. Okay. So that was really a big sell because of the farm workers. Yeah. They didn't want to wear jeans because it was too hot or they would rip easily. And that kind of brand lasted longer and it was fresh. So we would come to Denver once a year to get a wholesale. We would get rent a U-Haul truck, loaded up, full of loaded inventory, loaded up, and we would drive back to California and sell it. And you said you would actually sell it. Yes, I was like five. I probably started four or five years old, and I remember waking up at three, four in the morning to go to the flea markets, set up, put our our tubes, our nuestras lonas. Mm-hmm put the tables, all the tubes to put in the clothes. And that's where I got my confidence. I wasn't scared of yelling, come on in. We have buy some buy pants. something. Or when people, customers would come in, you know, they would want a certain size. I would help them out. Or, you know, the, you could take this too. Look, I'll give it to you for a special price, but take it. And so that's where I kind of learned my negotiating <laughs> in the flea markets of in California the flea markets of California. And it was so funny cause we would go to Madera, California every Sunday and it was the boringness. It was so boring. <laughs> it was so hot. And I said, I would never come to Madera other than to come to the flea market. And so funny. I live in Chilla 
and it's only 10 minutes away from Madeira. <laughs> so now I'm technically in Madeira. Now you're basically there. So that, that, it was so So your mom, your mom owns, your mom's a business owner. Yes. She was, and your dad was. Yeah. She started in the flea market and then now she decorates for weddings and quinceañeras. And she, she started with table, just renting tables and chairs. Mm. Just that. And then everybody started asking for tablecloth. And all these other and things. And it started getting growing. bigger. She started from home. She started from home. She started bigger and bigger. And she See, st- I think Hispanic people are sometimes the most entrepreneurial. And they don't stop. They, they don't stop. They and do they, not and they, stop. The, the thing is, is, it's out of necessity and desperation. Yes. There's a quote that I love. Desperation leads to success. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. If you are desperate and you need an opportunity to pay for your kids, there's probably nothing that I wouldn't do. And we were talking about that as well. There's nothing I wouldn't do, you know, for my kids. Yes. And and a lot of people, when they reach that desperation, if they have their head on right, they can they can do some pretty amazing things. Yeah, my mom's a warrior. My mom's a warrior. She really and you is. learned that from her. Yes. I mean, she's a warrior. She took us out, like, to work so you could know what work really is. I mean, she she works so hard, and they just don't know how what to when to stop. They don't know when to stop because it was ten at night, and we're barely doing our chores at home. Because we you've been working all day. Working all day, we would go to school, and then come back to school. Let's wash chairs because the weekend's almost here, and we need we need to have some chairs ready at nine ten. Let's broom. Let's mop. To do you think we're Do you think we're spoiled here in the states with everything oh, that we yeah. have the li- the lives of abundance that we yes. everybody has yes so spoiled that's what, that's what worries me about my kids I, I mean, don't want my kids, kids to nowadays, be like nowadays they just whine or cry at the store and just so you don't want to hear it I know. okay here go let's go I'm a softy too with my with my youngest she she has me so whipped like she can. <laughs> She's but such I'm just, adorable. I know she is, and that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. But I, I, I often wonder what the future, you know, what the next 20, 30, 40 years looks like for people because you're, you have a lot of people that have so much opportunity. Yes. I think the, the wealth gap is going to get even bigger, but there's going to be a lot more people in the middle, mm-hmm. a lot more. And, and I think the middle, middle is going to be bigger. Because there's so much opportunity, there's so much technology that evens out the playing field for everybody, yes. everyone. 15, 20 years ago, you wouldn't be able to. See no, this. no, no, you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to do half of what we're doing now. Yeah. And yet here we are. We are able to use technology and software. And I've talked so much about this because I I think the great equalizer is not only education now, but it's the internet and technology. Yeah, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. Take advantage. Take advantage of the opportunity. So you being a second generation American, me as well, here we are having a conversation on a podcast about opportunity and what the future holds for everybody, not just Hispanic, Latino, not just immigrant individual, whoever it is, everybody. Everybody. Every single person. Yes, everybody's an immigrant. Everyone Everybody. is. I, I, and I firmly believe that. I think the, the, you know, the media really only shares what they want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's a kind of cliche statement, but I think it really is, mm-hmm. is the case. Um, Gloria, what would you say to somebody right now who is Gloria 20 years ago? Oh, wow. That's 
spoiled little girl. <laughs> working hard to get <laughs> what she wanted. Spoiled because you're working hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, but I had really big dreams. I really did have big dreams. I wanted to be somebody that worked as hard or more as my mom because she was really a big inspiration for me. And now with my husband, knowing how hard it is to get to that point of being successful, having a successful business, it's a dream almost. We're almost there. It's the American dream. Yeah, we're almost there with this company. That's for sure. And I firmly believe it. Yeah. The American dream is real though, right? I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's, it is a, it's kind of this invisible hand that like pushes and motivates Even people. Even though they work in the fields, yeah. out in the sun, that's the American dream for them. Working so hard. Yes. I grew up in Eastern Washington where all of it is all farm labor. I mean, a lot of it oh, is yes. farm labor. And that's what my, that's why my dad ended up in Eastern Washington. It is all and farm. Like I told my husband, our goal is to be somebody in life, somebody here in California, somebody that we could say, this is ours. With our sweat and hard work, this is ours. That's our goal. Gloria, I appreciate you coming on. No, thank you. This was kind of like a conversation that we were having before, so we just kind of pushed record. This is an honor, really. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, for those of you that were listening, this is Shake the Earth Podcast. We have average people on who are doing extraordinary things. If you like what you heard, leave us a review on iTunes and Google Play. And until next time, go and shake the earth.